Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Jill Baskin, Chief Marketing Officer at the Hershey Company. Jill's been at the Hershey Company a little over a year, about a year and a quarter, I think we talk about. Prior to that, she was at Mondelez International as VP of Global Brand Equity. She developed campaigns for such iconic brands as Oreo, Cadbury Chocolate, Halls, Chips Ahoy, and Belveda Breakfast Biscuits. At Hershey, she oversees consumer insights, campaign development, design, media, digital, and social marketing. And on the show today, we talk a little bit about her internal group, the reorg that's gone on over the last year, some new campaigns, and some innovative ways in which they're actually building creative, both internally and with non-traditional partners, external partners. We also talk a little bit about the agency model and where she thinks that needs to go. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jill Baskin. Well, Jill, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Let's start off with your background. Where did you start your career and kind of the path to be CMO at the Hershey Company? Well, I started my career selling yellow page advertising. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> even exist anymore. <laughs> but very quickly, I worked at Leo Burnett Company for 20 years. Then I went to work at Kraft which split into Kraft and Mondelez. I went with the Mondelez side 
um, primarily to get global experience. Mondelez was going to be the global half of the company. Um, and now I'm at Hershey. Great, great. Well, you've been at some very storied brands uh, and storied companies. I'm curious, you know, switching from agency side early in your career to client side, were there any, I mean, that sounds like a pivotal transition, but were there any pivotal moments or people along your career path? Lots. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, that is a big part of any career is the people that have helped you along the way. But I went to Kraft and Dana Anderson had recruited yeah. me to go to Kraft. And of course, she's an amazing person. Started on the planning side. And I was a planner when I left Burnett. And so we really connected. We had met through friends, through actually uh, Tony Weissman, who's now CMO of Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. And she had talked to me about coming to Kraft. She was going there and she was her assignment was to make the advertising better. And she brought me over to Kraft, and I would say that was sort of a pivotal moment, was leaving the advertising industry on the agency side and moving over to the brand side. It's a huge change for anyone who spent, you know, 20 years of their life in the agency business. And um, she really helped me come over to the client side. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if we think about Hershey, you've been there about a little over a year, I think, right? It's about yes, a year and a year and four a quarter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what have you been focused on? <laughs> Making the advertising better. <laughs> it doesn't change. The assignment doesn't change. Well, Hershey is an amazing company. First of all, I, I just couldn't be happier to work there. I have to tell everyone, it's like the greatest company on earth. And the people are wonderful. Maybe part of it's being in such a fantastical town is Hershey, Pennsylvania, where chocolate is around you all the time. There's sort of no town like it. But I came over there to both up the ante on the communications that was going on, but also to reorganize the communications department. They had a large, unwieldy department that was aimed at improving their digital savviness, aimed at improving their media buying and planning. And we needed to bring it all together. You know, it was sort of one of those classic, like digital is happening and they built up this big digital department. And really I saw it as my job to bring everyone together in service of the brands. So that was probably the biggest assignment. Also, I should mention that the person that I worked with at Craft had come over to Hershey just prior to me, about six months before, Mary Beth West as chief growth officer. So we really did sort of have a pact. Can we do what we did at Craft over here? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know, one of the things I know when we were talking last, we were talking about bringing those groups together, but also the jumping into the in-house creative operations and and I would love to hear kind of a lot of companies are trying to create internal groups. How are you, um, you know, how are you approaching that? Well, it's sort of funny. It's very small. I went to the um, ANA Masters Conference and mm-hmm. uh, I, I was speaking there about our development of our in-house agency. So I went to a, a session before mine and it was the CMO from Verizon, I believe, talking about their in-house agency and how in one year they built it to be over a hundred people. And I thought, oh my gosh, I would have to be interviewing every minute of every day in order to get a hundred people in the tour in one year. I don't know how (laughs) he did it. (laughs) It was sort of amazing. Um, Ours is a much smaller effort. We 
I, I, as part of this reorganization that I went through when I arrived, I um, developed someone who was head of earned and paid media and put him in charge of developing this small in-house agency. And right now it is a total of five people. So, and the supervisor. So we started very small. We have a I'm not kidding, a closet that we repurposed as a studio, um, (laughs) a storage closet. We are building out a full studio as we speak, but that's how we started. Um, We also started by using other people. So I don't think an in-house studio has to be you actually producing everything, but it does have to be you as the director of everything. So we're using outside partners to make work, just not advertising agencies, not having a full service agency doing it, actually, you know, doing those, the production of it ourselves. So that's how we started. We've had a lot of missteps along the way. It's really been fun learning. So using different suppliers, different partners for photography, for live action, and there's been some learning along the way, but we've had so much fun doing it. And what my message at the NA was is this is super fun. And for your company, it brings a excitement, an air of magic to brand management. I have all the brand managers on my floor all the time wanting to talk to us, be part of it, participate. And while maybe that's a tiny bit annoying sometimes, (laughs) it is so great for the organization. People are so excited by this and excited by being more hands-on and more direct and quicker. And for my brand partners, it lets them see the making of the sausage, which I think is not a bad thing. They now understand more what people go through to get to great creative ideas. And um, I just think overall, it's been a win on so many levels, almost the least of which getting quick, less expensive creative. I like that. I like that. The, you know, as I talk to agency leaders, you know, a lot of them dismiss, I think this in-house approach. And, but if you talk to the staff at agencies, they're a little more concerned and I don't know if it's concerned or they see an opportunity also to go client side in many cases. Um, I think you've got a mix of both. How do you think agencies are going to fare with companies kind of bringing certain things in-house? Well, I always think there's going to be a place for great ideas. And I think agencies are a place where really creative people want to go and live. And I think it's hard to keep a really creative person happy at on the brand side. I just do. Being stuck in Hershey, Pennsylvania is probably not the long-term solution for super creative people. Um, and I assume that we're going to have a fair amount of churn in my, in my little in-house agency. Mm-hmm. However, (laughs) that said, I think they should be worried because here are the things that I see. I actually see my folks being more in touch with our consumers and what consumers want than my agency folks. And I'll give you an example. I really had to work hard to get my agencies to make shorter form content for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube bumpers, etc. What they wanted to do was cut down their 15 second commercials or 30 second commercials, or just run them as is. And I can really 
I've only been here a year and a quarter, so it's not that long ago, that we were having really knocked down arguments about this, about wanting to have a 15-second commercial because it is so good that someone's going to really want to watch it on their Facebook. And my folks internally who are much closer to the brand, and I would argue in some ways close to the consumer, knew that wouldn't work. And we're creating shorter, um, more engaging types of communications. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem when you've got people inside who understand the consumer better than the agency, because that should be what they own. Right, right. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's a great example, too. Well, you know, as we talk about this group and what they're doing uh, internal for you, is there an example of something recent that the in-house team is working on you could share? <laughs> Well, we did a really fun thing just last week. And here's something that, again, where I think an in-house agency is so close to this and so quick that you can do it. And I'll show you how I can tell you how um, both my creative agency couldn't react to this, nor could my media agency, which is interesting. So we got a photograph from sales of a car that was driving around Nashville. It was from Nashville sales that was completely decked out in Reese's like paraphernalia, like even the wheels were Reese's cups. And someone sent from sales, sent it to us and said, this car is driving around Nashville. Well, my team quickly said, we want to find this guy. This is awesome. So they, <laughs> they wanted to buy billboards with a picture of the car on it that said, if this is you, we want to talk to you. <laughs> and we got a phone and we, you know, if we had asked our agency to do that, they would, it would have taken several days to do a layout. First, they would have had to generate an estimate. Then they would have had to lay it out. They would have probably also told us why it wasn't a good idea. And then we did call our media agency to buy the billboards. And they said, oh, well, we need to generate an estimate. That'll take a few days. We just hung up. My team, my little therapy <laughs> team called Lamar Outdoor and said, what would it cost to buy five billboards in Nashville? We bought them. We made, they were all digital billboards so we could send them the creative. They were up the next day. We found the guy about two days later, he called us. We got covered by the Today Show. This was all in a matter of about 48 hours. And it was really fun to do. They're just little things that you can do, but we got a lot of press out of it. You know, what about the results that you're getting with this in-house agency? You just talked about this great example, but... And I know tracking to revenue is really tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody. But is is there anything that comes to mind about how you know how you're actually driving results? Well, I'm not a huge believer in test results and testing creative, so I hate to even bring it up. <laughs> um, but my brand counterparts do require it. All of our social that we've tested has tested above the previous social that we were doing, and strongly above. On uh, Creative Compass, we were, all of our our posts and stuff were in the yellow to red range, and they're all in green now. So, and they're very high end. So, I don't know if I believe those results, but I would say that apples to apples, one group is better than the other. So that would give us belief. I think part of that again was just getting to much shorter links. Probably anything we would have posted that was shorter would have done better but it was due to the pushing of my team internally. 
we are also doing work for the one brand because our tracing to revenue is about six months behind. So it's my agency didn't exist. My in-house didn't exist six months ago. So the only brand that we can track that actually has revenue numbers is the work we've been doing on Almond Joy because we started them very, they were the very first ones and it's up significantly against revenue. So the ROI has increased dramatically since we took it over. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I know last time we talked as well, you you mentioned playing around with what you called non-traditional agencies. Can you tell us what you're doing there and, and what you're trying out? Well, that was probably the start of me wanting to get to much shorter lengths. I went to CES last year and it was a great experience. I picked up a couple of new partners and one of them was Tenor, which owns, you know, produces the GIF keyboard. There are two companies really that do it, Giphy and Tenor. And Tenor, we decided to make a deal after meeting with both of them. We decided to make a deal with Tenor. In the middle of the deal, they got bought by Google, which wasn't so great for me. <laughs> but I suppose said we were on the right track. So I, when I was in CES, I they showed us gifts that they had made of our products using just found things off of our websites. But those gifts, as I was looking at them, they were promoting them saying, oh, it's a media buy, buy the keyboard and, you know, different gifts that will come up. So if you want to say hungry or let's eat, you know, it might come up someone gobbling down one of our products. Right. Mm. And, and they're showing them. And one of them that they were showing was skinny pop, someone just pouring like the popcorn over their, you know, down their throat, but going all over their face in a classic <laughs> gift, you know, just repeating, right? And I'm looking right. at it thinking, that's a better ad than anything I'm running on Facebook right now. And <laughs> I had just started, you know, and I just was looking at it thinking that really would be more interruptive, more enjoyable to watch certainly would register what my product is, that it's delicious. And that's about all you can do. You know, our Facebook posts get seen for between one second and 1.5 seconds. So I, I just thought, that's what I want for an ad. And I asked them right then and there, would you consider being an AOR? And they all looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and, um, because, and also this, at that time, both Giphy and Tenor were looking for money and they saw themselves as a media platform, that that's the right. best bet. And they still do. So ultimately what we did was make a media buy as part of the media buy. So you're on the keyboard so that when hungry, you might, you'll come up first and they make the gifts for free, you know, with the media buy. And right. it ultimately ended up being what we're using on Facebook for many of our brands. The only thing we had to do was figure out how to convert them from the size that a gift keyboard delivers to the size that Facebook and Instagram wanted. Wow. And you, you kind of broke their business model in some ways. A little. <laughs> Although they're still, they're still on their regular business model. It's like only me that broke it. They, right. they want to be a media buy still. Right. Well, how did, you know, how did they take to your request? I mean, obviously you, you made it work, but you know, it's kind of a, it's definitely out of the box. They took to it well because they're getting their media buy. I don't know that they were, they aren't set up to have account people or people service us, et cetera, but they were certainly game. Like they were so helpful. 
so sweet. You know, when they first started, they would do some and we'd say, well, that's not really an ad. And I wish I could think of an example for you. But, you know, what you put on a gift report is a little different. But when Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We briefed, but they were willing to try and learn. And when we briefed them on what we were trying to say on, for instance, Almond Joy, suddenly we started getting back exactly what we needed. And I would say that was, I mean, a two or three day turnaround. They produce those gifts. If you give them an assignment, you have your gifts in a few hours. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And they use all found footage. Now, eventually I suppose we'd run out, but it's all stuff they pick up out of your, your ads, out of uh, photographs, out of even consumer generated things. So it's really a cost effective way to make ads. I like it. I like it. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. You've got new work out for the Hershey brand as well. And I just wondered if you could tell listeners about it. I was watching it, preparing for today. Again, I've watched it a couple of times now and it's it's amazing. Well, thank you. We feel good about it, though. We are, and you can hear it here first, um, making some tweaks to it small minor tweaks, but we really rushed to get that work out. And it was done on an incredibly fast timetable. So, you know, when you have a few months to sit back and go, okay, now what would we do different? How would we tweak this a little bit? And we felt like we could make it better. So starting Jan 1, you'll see there's still the same spots, but we're tweaking them just a little bit. The work was, it was sort of my first assignment getting there, and it took a bit to get to the Hershey work. Hershey is a brand that is loved and everyone knows it, but it's honestly has been a little bit dusty and nostalgic. And, you know, that can really hurt a brand. We really need to feel more relevant and and yet true to ourselves. And that was sort of a hard assignment. And our agency had been CPB and they really struggled with the assignment. And ultimately, we brought in another agency, McGarry Bowen, who did that work. And so that's part of the timeline issue was that we just struggled for so long with CPB and it just, we couldn't get there. McGarry Bowen has a history of sort of revitalizing brands. I had worked with them on Philly cream cheese and had felt they'd done a really good job on that brand. So ultimately we went with them and uh, they brought us that campaign. The heart of the campaign is the idea that Hershey can melt the distance between people. That's sort of the strategy that we were working against. 
and it resulted in that work, which I think is right for the brand. I don't know that it's going to be the most novel or surprising advertising, but I think it's really right for the brand. And I will say it is having the nice thing about working in candy is you almost know immediately if your advertising is working and it's working. Right. Right. Well, we will, we'll link to some of those spots. The other thing I, I wanted to say is that, you know, there was the longer video as well of Bob Williams, this, could you tell us a little bit about Bob and where did you find him? <laughs> well, he became our North Star and in January, he's in a spot. So I'm very uh-huh. excited about that. We cut it down to a spot. And we have two other people. I don't know if you've seen the longer form video. It's on our site of um, called Mustafa and Ahmed. And it's these two guys from Rutgers who give out Hershey bars as well. So mm. um, we cut both of them down into 15-second spots. Nice. Um, we found Bob through a couple of places. He was featured in a magazine called like Iowa Today or Iowan Today, something like that. And about that he does this, that he hands out Hershey bars and in his town. And he's 94 years old and he hands out Hershey bars every day. And so people send us articles like this all the time, of course, when you, it's just like we got that picture of the Nashville car and it had been sort of rumbling around in my mind. Someone had shown it to me. And when we were thinking, how do we launch this campaign? We, we already worked on the strategy. We thought about it. And I thought, Bob, he's our North star. He's, he's the guy. And um, so we, my uh, head of PR went out to Iowa to meet with him. And he has two women who are neighbors who sort of look after him. They're both named, you can't make this stuff up, Jan. So the Jans met with (laughs) um, Anna Lingeris, who was our head of PR. And she talked to them and then met Bob. And he said, oh, I'd love to do this. I really believe in giving Hershey bars to people. And we told him how we planned on the launch of the campaign to be all over the country, to have all of our employees and salespeople giving out Hershey bars. And he just thought this was the grandest idea. And so we sent a McGarry Bowen film crew out to film him for a day and capture as much as we could of what his day looks like when he gives out Hershey bars. And that became sort of our launch film and our launch activity as a company. I love it. I love it. And he's, it's such a, to your point, it's a heartwarming story about bringing people together from all walks of life. It is. And he's, He's just this awesome guy who thinks that every day is going to be better than the last one. I mean, that's what he believes. And he believes it because, and he's, and he, you know, I like his sentiment too, which is that it's not the big things, it's little things. And he said, you know, you can give someone a big present, but it never fails to put a smile on their face when you give them a Hershey bar. And he's right. Right. (laughs) It's funny. So funny. Well, you talked about, you know, Hershey as being a little dusty, maybe, and, and trying to get it and refresh it, if you will, or or bring it back to people in a relevant way. How do you think about, you know, doing that? You, you've got TV spots that are coming, you've got video, online video, and then all the more innovative, like, ad units that you talked about before on Facebook, you know, using those non-traditional partnerships. How do you, you know, how do you think about balancing the like more novel with just the, you know, if you will, brass tacks of making sure people remember you and are 
thinking about you. Well, that's where I think paid advertising will live on is that Mm -hmm. especially in in the candy and confections area, because the nice thing about candy and confections is that you don't have to explain a whole lot. People know what a Hershey bar is. So reminders work extremely well and catching people at or near purchase and keeping yourself top of mind. I really believe in Byron Sharp, how brands grow. And I think having those distinctive assets that sit in the front of your mind at a time of purchase or a time of uh, consumption are super important. So I think that's where all of our paid advertising really helps. And then I think in terms of keeping relevant, I think it is the bobs of the world. I think it's looking for those moments. We call them acts. I We started by giving out Hershey bars. We have done a lot of different small acts and communities around the country since launching this campaign. We plan some bigger ones coming up with some of the holidays, things that will get press, that will show who we are rather than tell who we are. Mm. So I think that's important on a more equity building, relevance building, combined with short-term reminders let's call them uh, out of the advertising. That's great. I mean, one of the people that's been on the show earlier this year was uh, Raja Rajmanar from MasterCard. Mm -hmm. And your axe analogy, I think, is related to something he talks about a lot now, which is story making, not just storytelling. Yeah. And um, so I I love that. I love that you're doing both, right? You, You have to get out there. You have to remind people. You have to refresh those memory structures. Yeah or Byron Sharp, right? So you're top of mind, but you have to actually act and behave like the way in which you're communicating as well. So love it. I think Hershey is such an easy brand to do that with. Um, (laughs) Any of this is easy, but it at least has that history. You know, we have the Hershey school. We have a, a purpose behind our brand. We have an entire town behind our brand. So it, it in some ways makes it easier and it's just a big part of who we are to begin with. Right. Well, and who doesn't love chocolate? I mean, come on. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I want to switch gears. It's always important for me and I think for listeners to understand kind of the person behind the topics. And I love asking this question, which is, you know, has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a big question. question. You know, I've given this talk before on sort of how did I get into advertising, and I'll I'll tell you, it was a formative experience, but so many years ago, I cannot tell you, but it still sort of resonates with me. So it's a funny story. So I I was on the high school debate team, and when I started, I I was in this small little hippy dippy school that was started by a bunch of parents in. Los Angeles and parents and um, UCLA professors. And they said, well, we're going to have a debate team. And I probably wouldn't have ever joined debate except that, you know, it was this sort of hippy dippy school and we were going to do it differently. And the debate coach said, well, you know, here, and for those who don't know debate, you get a topic for the year and everyone argues the same topic and they argue both sides of it for and against. So you show up at a debate and you get given 
and and during that day of debates, you'll get given both sides of the topic and you prepare, you know, ahead of time, all of your arguments either for or against on this topic. And the topic was, should California be split north and south, or should California be split into two parts? And would it be a better state if it was split into two parts and how, and then you, you know, research, how would it affect school? How would it affect the economy? How would it affect natural resources? All of these things. And our debate coach said to us, everyone who comes to this debate is going to split the California North and South and we're going to split it East and West. (laughs) And we went to that first debate and when we pulled out our little card catalogs, which are probably all computerized now, but at the time they were all little card catalogs. And they said, you know, the person stands up and they, you know, you're for or against. And we're like, we're for, we're going to split the state east and west. And here's why. And the other people at the other table couldn't even answer. They had not one card prepared on east and west. They just couldn't do it. Like they just looked at us like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, you know, by the end of the season, people had prepared against us and even copied us. But I think it was just like this huge learning about repositioning and about (laughs) redefining who and what you are. And I swear I've taken that to every job I've ever done since. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And it, it does pivot you, you know, right. You, you, and shock and awe a little bit exactly. of the competition. <laughs> and it's fun. Like the yeah. it's fun. It's fun to see people shock, shock. It's fun <laughs> to do something that no one's thought of. And I just feel like that it's sort of my guiding light since. <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. Well, what, what fuels you? What keeps you going today? Learning and fun. Those are the two things. I, you know, I wish I could say that I'm the CMO that is just incredibly competitive and, and all that. I I really like to have a good time at work to do fun things that are different and new and build businesses. They do have to build business. I'm not doing them just to be fun. They have Mm -hmm. to build business, but, and then learning, like I just, that, you know, being able to see tenor at CES and think, oh, this is a whole new way to be an agency. That's, I love things like that. Like, that's what keeps me going. Like, that just makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. I go, oh, my God, it's one of those moments. Oh, my God, we're <laughs> going to do something different. Like, I, I sort of live for that. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, I know you're learning in most marketers, I think today are kind of students of the business. Yes. Are there, you've got a lot of brands in your portfolio, so I'll give you a pass on those, but I don't know if there's any companies, brands, causes that you follow kind of outside the industry that you think others should be taking notice of or that you're taking notice of. This isn't new at all, but I just literally before our conversation just sent this out to my team Mm. and I said, can you beat it? And it was the WestJet promotion from 2013. I don't know if you remember it, but the mm-hmm. um, the WestJet did this thing where they had Santa in the waiting areas, and you scanned your boarding pass, and Santa asked you what you wanted, and it was a live guy in a TV studio, but it looked like a sort of a Coke machine, you know, a 
vending machine and he asked uh, people what they wanted. And when they landed, the WestJet team had gone out and bought all the um, things that people asked for and they came <laughs> down the baggage claim. You should look, if you haven't seen it, you have to look it up. It is, yeah. I think it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen done. Of course it went viral. It's the best Christmas ad I've ever seen. And I sent it to everyone on my team and I said, you know, giant prize for anyone who can come up with an idea like this for Hershey, because you could have put at the end of that ad, heartwarming the world, Hershey. And I'd love to see us do a Christmas ad next year that's like that. <laughs> that's a great example. I will go scour and find that and link to it for sure. Yeah, I just sent it out to my team. Nice. Well, what last question for you, um, and you may have to get your crystal ball out, and some people don't like predicting the future, but what do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? I think things change a lot more slowly than people think. You know, I thought... Trump wouldn't last six months, but here he is. <laughs> so, um, but um, what do I think the future of marketing looks like? I, you know, will it look that different? Probably not. I do think that the thing that's going to really change is the agency model. I just don't mm. see, I don't think it's sustainable. I really don't. I think that um, we are going to start buying ideas and not whole teams of people. I think it's going to break apart how things get produced and made. There's just too much pressure on the client side, margin pressure, um, profit pressure to keep up the structure that currently exists. So I think that will get broken apart in the future. I think we'll still pay for ideas. As I said in the beginning, I think that the most creative people will reside in some sort of agency type situation because ideas, I, I think, really nurture each other. And I think that creative people will want to be together, but I don't think it's going to look the way agencies look today. I think they, it's going to be broken apart into pieces. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love the stories. <laughs> well, and I hope that it all records well enough for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. and You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 